You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now, here are your hosts, Veronica Lizamato and Brent Edwards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 47 of BNI, The Australian Story. My name is Veronica, and I'm here with our Executive Director here in Melbourne, South Victoria, Mr. Brent Edwards. Hi, Brent. Hi, Veronica. Great to see you again. It's been a little bit between drinks with our podcast, but we do apologise. But uh, it's been a bit uh, crazy times for both of us, I believe. So we're uh, we're back and uh, we're back on a regular basis from here, I promise. I was actually just um, talking to Brent and obviously our producer, Steve. Hi, Steve. He makes sure everything runs smoothly for us about how 2021 came back and everyone was really excited that we were getting back to the new normal. But I don't think a lot of people realised or remember that we were going to have two years of in one year. And for a lot of industries, especially like for myself in the event space and wedding space, it has been absolutely crazy. So my heart goes out to all of our BNI members who um, who are really chasing their tail at the moment. It's a real, it is a real problem and it's a good problem. It's a good problem to have. And uh, everyone you speak to out and about, everyone's busy. So busy is good. Busy is very good. And we've just had a changeover in our chapters too. So from a BNI point of view, our leadership teams um, should be well and truly in their seats now and, and hitting the ground running and a few visitors' days going on. What, what else is going on in BNI? Well, we're really now the big thing we're preparing for the National Conference, which is uh, in Adelaide on the uh, 25th of June. And uh, you can actually go along to Adelaide on the day. It's on a Friday. Or you can... Um, it's a hybrid, so you can zoom in and see Michael E. Gerber. So um, there's some great uh, uh, great panels being aligned. So it's really going to be a really good business event, not just a B&I event. So it's going to be a go-to for uh, virtually uh, any person in business can get something out of what we're, what we're putting on for the National Conference in Adelaide in, in June. So, um, yeah, look out. You should get an email blast any day now. Uh, from the uh, from the national office talking about that. Well, I'm really excited. I mean, obviously we missed last year, but um, myself and a group of other people from BNI had all planned and already booked our tickets and accommodation, so we're ready to go. But I also know that there's um, possibilities if someone wants to have a stall at the uh, at the conference as well. So just putting it out there to anyone who's listening, any of our BNI members, if there's something that you'd like to promote to the other BNI members on the day, contact the conference. Um, team, because I think there's still possibilities and opportunities there. Yeah, there is a sponsored document going out from national office as well. So you'll be able to actually, uh, I'm sure it should be on on that document. All right, fantastic. We might try and put something up on our uh, BNI The Australian Story Facebook page as well. All right, well, let's get um, get to the heart of why we do this podcast, our fantastic guests that share their stories. And who do we have with us today? We have Melanie uh, Clout with us today, and we're coming. She's coming in from Brisbane, which is uh, great to have you on board, Melanie, and uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brent. Thanks for having us. So, uh, I see in the background, and, and you guys won't see because this is an audio podcast, but I see in the background she's got a lot of travel brochures behind her, and 
with sunny beaches and all that and something we <laughs> long for at the moment down here because it's pretty cold in Melbourne. But uh, Melanie is uh, another travel agent. And um, can you uh, just tell us a bit about uh, when you joined B&I and um, what chapter you're in? Certainly. So I joined BNI in the December of 2018. We had a new startup chapter in West End at Brisbane. And I was invited along by one of my clients, actually, who happens to be a commercial photographer. She invited me along to uh, the meetings there. And I had actually heard about BNI um, about four years prior. Uh, and a number of my colleagues were members and, and it was discussed at how useful it was and how beneficial it was for businesses that, especially businesses that run on repeat and referral business. Um, and so, yeah, I came along and the group of people here in uh, our Brisbane West End chapter really clicked with them. Uh, and I love the fact that it was a new startup chapter. So everyone was new and we've uh, learnt our way over the last few years and uh, up and running. So when you heard about it the first time, how come you didn't actually take up the offer then? It's funny. So uh, when I first heard about it, like four years prior, it was actually in management meetings with other travel consultants. So um, you heard about it, it was spoken of, but I'll be honest, I was very, very busy and I didn't have time to even think about uh, adding anything else onto my list of things to do. Um, but since then, uh, so three years ago, back in 2018, I actually started my own travel business, Clout Travel, uh, and moved out of working for another company. And it was a perfect opportunity to focus on building my new business. Fantastic. <laughs> and you're in uh, BNI Leaders. Yep. So where would we find BNI Leaders in, in the Brisbane area? Yes, yeah, so uh, it's at West End is where we have our meetings on a Friday morning. So if you know Brisbane at all, you've got South Bank and behind South Bank is, is West End. So, you know, five minutes from the city. Oh, fantastic. Well, um, you know, what What really, so you start off in a in a startup chapter and uh, we, we see a lot of people who start up in a startup chapter because uh, B&I has had a really, uh, a lot of growth in the last few years. So what was the... Uh, what was the main thing, the main thing that actually you thought in a startup chapter? Because I don't know how many people were in that startup chapter. And this is really interesting for uh, Veronica because Veronica is a launch director in our region at the moment. And uh, she had the dream startup chapter the first time around. And this one's... This I one's had a taking, dream. <laughs> and this, and this one's real. taking a little bit longer. And I, I sort of said to Veronica, I said, you know what? They're not as easy as this one you just did. They don't all fall together like that. And, I refuse and believe to believe it. <laughs> believe it or not, I've probably started about um, 15 or 16 of them myself and I've had ones that have been really hard to get started and ones that have just gone, oh, how easy is this? This is just all falling together. So um, when you found that startup chapter, what stage was it at? I'm really interested. So it had, uh, I think it was 18 members when I came along. Oh, you were at the... Yeah, you're at the right end of it then. Right end of it. Pretty going? much. I saw they'd been discussing it for probably about six months. So when I came along, uh, they were like, let's get stuck into this. We're, we're ready to go. There were three of us, I think, that joined the, the week I came along and we were up and running. Oh, yeah. So that's great. So that's the easy part. So you didn't really get to do the, the hard yards. And what we find with these startup <laughs> chapters, and, and this was for anyone who's sort of got onto this podcast who's in a startup chapter, you know, once you get more people, it gets easier. 
And, no, I think uh, visitors, visitors. So because they had brought so many visitors along, um, even if you look at the percentage of visitors that sign up, because everyone had brought along visitors, they, they got up and running quite quickly once they started meeting. And that that is actually, um, I just need to say, Brent, that is actually the key, not just bringing the visitors but also getting the right people to join the chapter. Now, you have a room full of people that come along and want to join and then um, we, we had a fantastic podcast with a chapter who's now one number one in Australia, or they were a few months ago, that were a startup chapter, grew really quickly and then went back down to 15 members very quickly because they had people join who weren't the right people. They weren't there probably for the right reasons. They didn't really understand the process. So I think if you get people like yourself, Melanie, who got in there, you know that you're working for yourself now, you're really invested in putting that time in, then being part of that community that's all doing it for you and with you is just easy. But you've got to get the right people in the room, not just anyone in the room. Totally agree. Now, Melanie, um, you've got a really positive attitude for someone who's really had their business decimated mm, over yeah. the last 12 months. Um, and, you know, how did you find it um, during the lockdown and, and virtually not being able to trade? So, it, it yeah, it fell off a cliff. So um, it's quite hard for anyone in business to actually comprehend what happened in travel. So it's not down to zero. It's negative 92% is what we were at eight months because the way we run our business, you're booking holidays for the next year. So we'd already booked all the holidays for 2020 in 2019. So not only did we not have new bookings coming in, we had to unwind everything that we'd done for the year prior. So it was very challenging times. Um, you know, you've got to look at the positive, there's things that you can't control and they're not what you need to focus on. So, yeah, we took the strategy of focusing on what we could control, assisting all of our clients to make sure that they didn't lose money, that we could either get the refunds or postpone their trips to when they could travel. And um, B and I helped me in as much as I got to go to a consistent weekly meeting that moved online but at least I got to see the same people because everything else in my business had fallen off a cliff. (laughs) Well, that is just, I just even watching you, and I wish everyone could see your face as you're talking about it. There's still so much emotion attached to it, isn't it? And it still is because it's still going on. It hasn't finished. And just the way you said falling off a cliff, I just, that's exactly how it looked to everyone, but we never really, you know, we weren't on the cliff. So, you know, honestly, a big shout out to everyone who's in travel. And uh, just unbelievable. So here's a really good, uh, Really good tip, you know, in, in times when, um, you know, things are going tough, you know, to keep that that positive attitude um, and keep things going. It's, you know, it's the old saying, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. Totally and- agree. So if you can't so, um, travel, you've got to still dream of travel and focus on what you can do. And what I discovered about myself and my business is whilst I love the travel side and love planning holidays and love going places, I actually also really love helping people. And we had a lot of people to help get home that I'd never spoken to before. So a lot of my referrals and B&I were people that um, had reached out because they were stuck somewhere and and we, we managed to help those people find a way home. So... Um, yeah, a lot of 12 months of helping other people in whatever situation they were in. Um, and just now we're coming out the last eight weeks back to planning those dream holidays again and getting people moving. So, yeah. Well, B, that's something I really hadn't thought of, um, you know, focusing on those people and focusing your travel agent message on people trying to get back in and trying to get home in the country. And, 
you sort of think it's, uh, you know, it's all virtually stopped overnight and you've gone backwards. But there's, you know, looking at it, thinking outside the square, there's a market that really needs you there. And they did, like, it was impossible to get home unless you had professional help because um, if you imagine trying to speak to an airline, if, for anyone that would normally book, say, direct with an airline, the airline's just laid off 90% of their staff and if you're trying to call them, you're on hold for 12 hours. Wow. And if you're overseas trying to get home, that is not what you want to be doing. So um, by having a professional, like any other business, if you speak to a professional, they'll answer the phone, they'll guide you through it, and um, it can happen so much quicker. Well, I've heard so many um, horror stories, and I know that there's people who organise their own travel um, and, and they do it quite well, but the amount of stories that I've heard where people have not used a travel agent um, and one that comes to mind is turning up to the airport to go to Bali with less than six months on their passport and not being able to get on. Now, I'm sure it's in the, in the small print and all of that, but if you go to someone who, who that's what they do for a living all day, every day, pay them for the privilege of not having to worry about it and the peace of mind, especially someone like you now that's probably bringing so much more value because of the things you've learned over the last 12 months. Oh, absolutely. And it's things that people, um, and travel has become a lot more challenging. So you probably need a professional more now than ever. And I can use an example of someone recently that was referred to me that needed to get home from Calgary. And he was asking me why the price that I'd quoted him was uh, $300 more than what he'd seen online. So I got him to send me through what he'd shown me. And I'm like, um, okay, what you, you're looking at is actually, yes, it's going by Tokyo, like what I've quoted you. But the flight you've chosen is actually flying into one airport in Tokyo and out of a different airport in Tokyo. <sighs> and, and whilst in, in a normal world, you had enough time to possibly go from one airport to a, um, another. In COVID times, you're not allowed to leave the airport because the only reason you're allowed through Tokyo is to transit, oh, not to, not to hop in a car and go to another airport they're not gonna let you on board the plane <laughs> so um, crazy so yeah a like, lot of things that people you can sure. online you won't be allowed on the plane but like sometimes it's just a bolt to make a connection in Singapore from one side of the airport to the other or, or some one of those big terminuses like you know, going into a different airport, <laughs> out of a different airport, it's, <laughs> that could have ended in disaster. Right. Right. What would have happened, you would have turned up um, in Canada to board the plant flight and they actually would have said, oh, no, I'm sorry, because you're actually not allowed into Japan. If, wow. um, I'm going to tell you something. If anyone ever mentions it to me, I'll deny it. I booked a trip once for my husband and I to go to, uh, to Sydney and we went to we went to um, Tullamarine, put the car in there, left it there, and left. And but my ticket home was from Avalon, <laughs> so we flew back into Avalon, and we were on the plane. And that's when I realised. And so anyway, it was a very expensive um, taxi fare back to Tullamarine. But that was just me booking a trip to Sydney. So I cannot be trusted. I need a travel agent. Yeah, I did. I did the. I did the same one time. I was, I was going to Sydney. And uh, and I had a few mates. Oh, we're coming up too. Can we get on the same flight? Can you book our tickets? So I booked all their tickets for the same flight, but I realised their flight was right, and mine was the next day. <laughs> so that was a uh, that was a very expensive lesson. It cost me a um, a bit of a changeover, but uh, oh, you live and learn with these things as well. So yeah. Melanie, what was some of the things um, that the BNI system uh, helped you get through during that period as well? 
Yeah, so uh, for me, there's probably the, the two parts. It was the building of the relationships. Um, obviously, I had a little bit more time of my, my hands last year because um, there wasn't as much travel to sell. So it, it enabled me to focus a little bit more on getting to know the other people in my group. And if I couldn't sell something, I could help them sell something. So um, I focused a lot of energy into promoting their businesses and meeting with them, trying to get them business. Um, and it's all about how you feel, the positive attitude. So obviously, that made me feel good would be able to help someone. If I can't sell travel, I can help someone else's business uh, grow and promote it. Um, the other side of it was, um, I think, just having people there to talk to. When you run a business on your own, um, it can be, as as you know, can see, I do get very emotional to be able to sit there and actually talk to someone about what's happening and get suggestions or ideas or, or other things to focus on is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Kudos to you because during this time we had a lot of travel agents who just said, oh, I'm out, uh, that's it, walk away. I'm going to come back when it's all up and running. But uh, but you've managed to keep that network and work that network. Yeah, it's actually a conscious decision that was made when it started. So obviously, you know, you play out what happens when there's a travel ban on. So you either make the decision to to walk away and the statistic actually is from the Australian government so nine out of ten travel agents no longer exist um so you either make that decision or you commit to it obviously I chose to commit to it for a number of reasons I love what I do I've been doing it for 16 years it's my passion it's not just a job for me I actually get up and enjoy it every day what I discovered the last 12 months is I still enjoy it every day even if there's no money there I actually enjoy planning ahead, looking for things that people want to do when they're allowed to. And um, whilst people are probably thinking, I can't wait to travel again, I can tell you I did more trips last year than I actually do in a normal year because I had the time. And um, travelling within Australia, there is so much to see and do and the prices have been so ridiculously cheap compared to to normal prices. So take the opportunities, get to see as as much as I can while I can and uh, run off from there. Uh Oh yeah, what an attitude, Veronica! You could you would love to bottle it and take it with you, I didn't right? Want to bottle it. I wish I wish that we were um, you know three dimensional where we could just all put our hands on you and just take whatever it is that you've got. It's really beautiful, and it's really um, it just makes me feel like I want to do business with you. And you would be so easy to refer, and that's what I love about BNI. I, I wouldn't have got to meet you if it hadn't been through BNI. And that's how it works. BNI is a conduit for us to all come together, get to know each other, like each other, trust each other, and then help each other grow our businesses. Yeah. So um, on our uh, on our little questionnaire, you list that um, you really like to uh, listen and engage with members. Can you tell us a bit a bit more about that and how you've had the opportunity now? Because, like, I can tell you in our in our region, tra- I used to have travel agents in every chapter. I don't anymore. I only have a handful across the region, but um, it's an opportunity. It's uh, absolutely you know, when when nine out of ten our know, travel agents are not in business. It's a uh, whatever market's left. Uh, the the ones that are kept on going have been able to to service that. So so how have you actually leveraged that opportunity uh, by listening, engaging with members, and actually um, spreading your wings around visiting some others? Yeah, so I've managed to visit other chapters um, and obviously let them know that that we're still here. I've actually, um, and (laughs) 
kind of bowl me over with the fact because I never thought I'd be saying this. One of my biggest referrers at the moment is other travel agents that were in BNI. And it's because um, if you can imagine, it is very much a full-time job. You need to be on top of a schedule change daily or a change in policy. So if we do have a number of travel agents perhaps that are still in BNI, but they're only kind of working two days a week in it, they actually can't service their clients. They acknowledge that I'm getting business from these people uh, because they want someone that's still doing it full-time and that knows that they'll be on top of policy and uh, looking after people as best as possible. So I have leveraged that within B&I. I've got a number of referrals from other travel agencies within the group um, and, yes, obviously spread my rings out to other groups because I can tell you in actually my b and region, I am the only one left. So, um, yeah, get around, let people know that you're there. And um, definitely my market strategy from the beginning was knowing that so many people would be out, smaller pie, bigger slice of it. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's fantastic. And uh, we always ask all our guests um, what they, uh, if they have a, a tip that they can give to other members about success in B&I. Would you like to share with us yours? Yeah, so it's actually one of our core philosophies, but I think the biggest tip is building those relationships. So um, like any good thing, it takes time to develop. Um, B&I is not something where I think anyone can walk into and actually just expect business to come. You actually need to meet the other people, get to know them, let them get to know you. Before someone can do business, I really think you need trust. You need that relationship and that does take time. So if you put time into building that relationship, um, it will all just flow from that. Wow. And, uh, I can see, you know, your positive attitude here. It's one of our BNI core values. And um, Melanie, it's been great hearing your story and and how you've actually succeeded through these times through BNI. And uh, it's been great having you on the podcast today. And uh, yeah, we really love your enthusiasm. So absolutely awesome to see. And thank you to uh, Lisa Gill for for the introduction also from your area. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you. And Lisa Gill, yep, she's a legend. She always sends through some fantastic um, guests to come and join us and share their stories. But you're right, Brent, I just, I think positive attitude, we overlook it a lot. You know, it's a really big part of what we do in BNI. And I think we underestimate the power of it. And especially in an industry that was decimated, like what Melanie was talking about, and to have that much positive attitude to be able to get through it and focus on helping people even when you couldn't help yourself at that time, it's really, it's really something that um, I think we all should should try to do. Try to be more like that. You know what I always say: the three things I look for in a in a BNI member. Number one is attitude. Number two is attitude. And number three is attitude. Yeah. Because attitude is everything. Yeah. So and true. if you've got the right attitude, we can work with you. Yeah. Well, I actually just wanted to ask you today um, as a question towards the end of our um, episode is the new changeover in the leadership team. We've got people who have taken over roles that they've never done before. And some of these people may never have even had a public speaking role before. They might have been flying under the radar at BNI, doing a great job, but never really had a leadership role. What is your um, advice for them in order to get them to hit the ground running and what advice would you give them in order to to survive the next six months? Well, for public speaking, it's, the age, it's obviously the age-old picture everyone in their underwear. No, I'm <laughs> only joking. I'm only joking. Yeah, but it's hard not to think about that now. You've said that. <laughs> I'm only joking with that. You know what? 
there, there's a heap of support there. Um, and, you know, the great thing about what we do with MBNI, there is the support from uh, people who have been in the uh, leadership team roles previous. There's a lot of experience there. You can always lean on someone there. You've always got a direct consultants and ambassadors to, to help as well. And, and one thing that makes it easier is, is we're in an organisation where we're working towards a common goal. And when you're working towards a common goal, um, people are a lot more supportive of you. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're a little bit worried about uh, your new leadership team role, um, just remember, you know, everyone's there to support you. Everyone really appreciates you for doing that role. And, um, you know, and, and, and it will give you added visibility. And if you do the role well, credibility as well, which will lead to, uh, you know, possibly, you know, more business and a higher profile within the chapter. And not to mention also that BNI on your resume goes a long way. Anyone who's in leadership teams or in organisations where they value leadership always like to see BNI on a resume. So it's great to be able to take those skills and add them to your own skill set and also share them with people later on and let it, let the world know about it too. Yeah, I hope I don't need a resume anytime soon. <laughs> well, coming to the end of the podcast, now what's your tip for success? Oh, tip for the week. I want to talk about target markets today, V. So, um, and it's really important to know your target market in your group as a member because you need to know that not every prospect is right for you. So to be effective in a BNI group before you start presenting and doing one-to-ones and and the like, really um, focus and tackle your particular target market segment. So uh, region, industry, company, demographics, those sorts of things, and know what you actually want. And when you know what you want, you can actually ask for those things that you actually want. And, and there's less chance of getting sent the wrong referral. So uh, that's my tip for this week. Target market, make sure you... Uh, Make sure you know what it is, and the more specific you are, the easier it is for your referral partners to put you in front of the right person. Because in BNI, be careful what you wish for, you just might get it. Absolutely. All right, thanks everybody for joining us for episode number 47 of BNI The Australian Story. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing this with your chapter. And thank you very much for supporting us as we move forward in 2021. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. See you next time.